According to a recent study, people in younger generations, like those born after 1990, are more likely to have cancer before they're 50 than those born before 1970. One suspect? Ultra-processed products, like those found in fast food. Hope that doesn't change your lunch plans. This is Pulse Check. I'm Daniel Payne. Here are a couple of headlines I'm watching. China, Iran, and Russia have approved their own oral and nasal COVID vaccines in recent months. And now, officials in the Biden administration are increasingly concerned that the lag in the U.S. developing a nasal vaccine for COVID-19 could become a biosecurity threat because scientists believe nasal vaccines could be the key to stopping COVID transmission. Nasal and oral vaccines are being tested in the U.S., but none are nearing the market. And... The FDA is deciding whether to pull a pregnancy drug that it expedited to market, an action it hasn't taken in more than a decade. Lauren Gardner is here to tell me what happened with the drug McKenna and why. What's happening right now is FDA has a bunch of these expert panels called advisory committees on a wide array of medical products that they routinely approve. So there's one on vaccines, which has gotten a lot of attention over the last two years. (laughs) So this group is focused on obstetrics and reproductive drugs. And what they're doing this week over the course of several days is considering FDA's arguments for pulling this drug called McKenna from the market. And the drug sponsor, the the company that owns this drug, Covis, their arguments stating that it shouldn't be pulled. Maybe we narrow the indication. We leave it on the market for some populations that uh, appear to show some benefit when they use this while we continue to study it. So this is happening over the course of two and a half days. It's pretty unprecedented. And after that, there's going to be a whole like comment period and consideration process uh, at the FDA about whether to follow through with their advisor's recommendations or not. So it's still going to be another couple of months, all of this to say, (laughs) before there's an actual final decision. And you say it's unprecedented. What does this decision, what will this decision tell us about this larger accelerated approval program? Yeah. So there has only been one other drug in the history of the accelerated approval program where it's been withdrawn from the market. But in that specific case, it was really only one indication. So one aspect of an illness that this drug had previously been approved to treat. So that was back in 2011. It was the drug Avastin, and it was specifically the indication for metastatic breast cancer. So that means that that drug was still allowed to be on the market for other treatment purposes, just not for specifically metastatic breast cancer. So what's unprecedented here is that if FDA does follow through with their proposal to withdraw McKenna from the market, it will withdraw this drug, which is an injectable, and also any generics. So this will just totally be pulled back from the markets. It's different in that aspect. So it's it's a bit more definitive in that way. But similarly to Avastin, it's a very emotionally charged issue. You know, preterm birth is something that's not very well understood medically. There's also different risk factors at play here. Black women in particular are at a 50% higher risk for preterm birth. And that that is factored into the drug sponsor, Covis, their arguments for keeping the drug on the market in some capacity. You know, they're saying that, you know, this should remain available for pregnant people in these higher risk categories, especially, you know, racial minorities, 
women with a history of spontaneously going into unexplained preterm labor while the company continues to to study, study the drug and see, okay, maybe should we narrow the label so that it's it's only for a very narrow group of people who can get pregnant who might have certain risk factors over others. And FDA's argument is that we've looked at the data from two studies that you've done on this drug, and we've sliced it and diced it different ways, looking to see if there are subgroups that could potentially benefit more so than others, and we're not seeing it. So if we're going to let something be on the market with questionable effectiveness, and it also poses risk, that doesn't really work well for us because it has our imprimatur on it, and the benefit-risk balance is ultimately negative. And they made the point pretty clearly that for the accelerated approval program to, uh, for people to have faith in it and, and for it to work as it's intended to work, they need to be able to both get drugs approved quickly, but also withdraw them once there's data there showing that they're not as effective as ha- they had been previously thought to to be when they were approved at an earlier time. And that's what they're saying this is happening in the case of McKenna. There were early trial results a decade plus ago that suggested, hey, this might work for for women who have a history of preterm labor and preterm birth, and this is an area that's not well understood and there's no other treatment options, so let's make this available. And now they're saying the science is there and it's, it's not proving out what we thought this, this would prove out. It makes me wonder whether this case is going to make the FDA rethink how high of a bar it should be, there should be for accelerated approval, or if this is going to prove the rules work and the system works. Right. And I think, I think that's, that's really key here and is going to be something to, to watch out for as this process with this specific drug plays out over the the course of the coming months. Um, Cause you know, when we talk about accelerated approval in the last couple of years, the the attention has really been in the Alzheimer's space with the drug Agihelm. That was approved under accelerated approval. It was pretty controversial based on early trial results. And, uh, you know, it was it was another example of the FDA saying, OK, you know, based on what we're seeing here, it's reasonably likely that we could see a corresponding benefit with Alzheimer's patients taking this drug seeing a potential reduction in amyloid plaque in their brain. And the hope is that it proves out the hypothesis that reducing that corresponds with patients, you know, their symptoms improving. So when it comes to this particular case, it's been playing out over the course of a, you know, more than a decade. And this area too is something that uh, lawmakers in Congress have taken note of where some have been pretty vocal about wanting to see changes to the process, wanting to make sure that the FDA gets firmer guardrails, so to speak, in terms of how how much they can push drug makers and drug sponsors to more quickly finish trials to verify the benefit of the drugs that they got approved under this expedited process. That's been one of the big complaints with McKenna is that it took a decade for that trial to finish and in that intervening time, who knows how many women and pregnant people have been given this drug with questionable benefit. 
another aspect of what what FDA is is saying, even though you know their main argument here is that the drug isn't effective, therefore it should be withdrawn. But th- what they also point to is if this drug is still available, even for a smaller subset of pregnant people out there who have a history of preterm birth, that's going to make it even harder for alternative treatments to to potentially come to market or for drug companies to study other sorts of potential medications that could be used to treat this issue and really get at what they what they actually want to see with this drug, which is improve the outcomes of newborns who are born prematurely. This drug is indicated for women and pregnant people who have a history of going into premature labor and giving birth prematurely, but where they want it to translate clinically is in those newborns to make sure that they have a better chance of developing into healthy young children and then later teens and adults. That's the outcome they want to see. And that's what they're saying wasn't proved out in the case of McKenna. Lauren, thanks for talking with me. I appreciate it. Yeah, sure. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Amon is the executive producer of Audio at Politico. I'm Daniel Payne. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting, Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.